Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This morning, uh, a little rainy down here on Saturday morning in Atlanta, but uh, it's going to get better later on today, so they say. Uh, you can always depend on our weathermen for an accurate forecast down here, regardless of what it's doing outside. Uh, just want to tell you a little bit about uh, what's going on at uh, at the courts. We did lose the appeal on the botanical gardens. Uh, they, the Supreme Court or the appeals court, basically ruled that uh, public. If you lease public property, it automatically becomes private property. So. Uh, we're going to appeal that, and that's probably going to be a little bit longer. Going to take us, uh, well, it, it'll be another year probably that we'll be fighting and dragging that out if we can't do something in the General Assembly in the meantime. But, uh, we are not stopping. We'll stop when the Supreme Court says we have no other way to go. And at which time, if that's not settled, we'll, uh, we'll go back to the legislature and, uh, see what we can do there. Uh, in the meantime, I, I just, I wanted to say something this morning. I got to thinking about this. I, uh, I think I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world because I get to meet a lot of people all over this country. A lot of really true patriots, people who, who spend their lives working for our rights. Uh, and, uh, I just happened to have one of those guys on today. You'll recognize the name. He's uh, a former speaker at, uh, GCO convention. And uh, he's just an all-around good guy. I think it took us probably 30 or 40 minutes to become lifelong friends almost after we met. It was, uh, And I, I certainly uh, put him at the top of the list of, uh, of my friends. And uh, that is uh, A.W.R. Hawkins, who is the uh, Second Amendment writer for Breitbart.com. And so welcome, Dr. Hawkins. Oh, thank, thank you, Jerry. Great to be with you. And uh Always great to speak to uh, the George Carey audience and the broader audience that this radio show reaches. But I always, uh, I'm not just saying this because of the kind things you say, but wherever I go, when I tell people what a state level gun right organization ought to look like, George Carey is, uh, that, that, that is the uh, gun rights, state level gun rights organization that other gun rights organizations should em- emulate. And, uh, you know I've told you that before many times, so I'm not just saying it to blow smoke. What a great group. I'm proud to be part of them and happy to be talking to you today. Well, I'm happy to have you here. I, uh, uh, The main reason, that, or one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on here, I always enjoy talking to you as well, as you know, when we, we go to places uh, where we're uh, we're on the same program or we're going to be at the same type meeting, such as a SHOT Show or GPRC, whatever, we always search each other out and have a good time while we're there and, and – uh, uh, so I'm, I'm happy for that as well. But as you know, we've got an awful lot of things going on right now. The propaganda war by, uh, brought on by Bloomberg and Soros is in full bloom. And, uh, we're having to sit here and fight that. And we're getting all kinds of things happening and, uh, a lot of things that are being said across the country that need to be done. And, and, uh, we're not really getting our, our, uh, 
message out as well because it seems like the media has kind of shut us out in an awful lot of those ways. How do you feel about that? No, I mean, I think that's true. I think, uh, you know, the gun control right now, especially with the kids, is popular. Uh, popular with the kids, not all kids, uh, but with the kids who are who are being uh, organized by the left. Right. And people, a lot of people don't know that. I, I bet you do, Jerry, but a lot of people sure. don't know. The Women's March is organizing these children. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. this. This uh, a lot of these kids are popping up in one state one night, another state another night. They don't have the they don't have the mental uh, experience to organize all these things. They're being organized by Every Town for Gun Safety. They're being organized by Gabby Giffords groups. Right. Uh, being organized by other groups that are leftist but not gun related. Uh, being organized by the Women's March. So you look at all that. Those are all. Those are all favorites of the media. So, yeah, Certainly. the media is fawning over these kids. But it's like I covered a school on the walkout. There was a school in uh, North Carolina, Wilson, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, it, and uh, there was all this coverage of the walkout. Well, when you looked at it, one kid walked out, one kid. And when he walked out, though, the celebrities were like, oh, he's such a hero. Yeah. Such, and, but, see, now, here's what I thought. And when I was growing up, my dad used to say this to me. He goes, son, if a thousand people do a stupid thing, what is it? I go, I don't know. He goes, it's still, <laughs> still stupid thing. Yeah, still stupid. And I'm thinking, see, that's, and when we apply common sense, the lesson is every kid in that school, everyone but one, knew this was a stupid thing. Yep. And uh, But the media, what do they do? They grab that one and hold him up as a hero. Right. And so that makes your point. I'm not so sure this is effective, Jerry. I mean, I know some people hold a different position. I'm not so sure this is effective because these kids can't vote. They can't do policy. And I think it's apparent to a lot of people what's going on here. They're being propped up and used as puppets. Now, someone may prove me wrong. Time may prove me wrong, but I'm not sure it's going to be effective. Well, I I agree with that. The only way that it's effective is that it's 24-7 on the news. And so, you know, right. it's it's kind of like Goebel said at one time, uh, you know, if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes a truth. And that's kind of what's happening in, in as a, I see it, is that we're getting half-truths and lies, and uh, and then we're getting 24-hour coverage of all these people that are doing these things. I was asked what I thought about the, the walkout, and I said, you know, I, just if you want to look at it, it's First Amendment right. However, children don't have that right. If they're in, still in school, the schools are supposed to be responsible for them from the time they leave home till the time they get back in the afternoon. So my question was, what happens if a car comes down the road, runs off the the side of the road, and runs into and, and kills three or four or five people? Whose fault is that? That that, that would be the school, obviously, and not uh, the driver. I mean, the driver would be charged, but this kid should have never been there in the first place. And the other thing is that when you've got kids, and, and some of these were – uh, down in the, even into the grade schools, but they were certainly in middle schools and high schools. Um, you got those kids that you say, okay, we're going to have a protest and we're going to go outside for 20 minutes. Now, how many kids do you know and what would you have done when you were 12, 14 years old? If somebody said you can go out of school for 20, you get out of class for 20 minutes, you'd been right out the front door with the rest of them. And right. The, and the uh, other and thing, especially if someone had snuck in an adult beverage that was in their car. Oh yeah, and you, <laughs> no, you go out there. No doubt about minutes. it. Uh, and the other thing was, if uh, if if the majority of the class stands up and says we want to do it, or if just several people in the class stand up and say we want to do it, the others through peer pressure will go along with them because they don't want to have to put up with being against them. 
So it, right. it's not very effective in that standpoint. It's a bunch of kids, and then you got the kids like they were out in California. They go out there and start throwing rocks and and uh, getting in trouble with the police, breaking windows out of private citizens' cars, and and damaging the police vehicles. And what does that tell you? That tells me that you know this this is not really a protest. This is a riot. Right, right, and you're exactly right. You know, and and I looked. I looked yesterday, I think it was uh, Sayreville, Sayreville, uh, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, S-A-Y-R-E-V-I-L-L-E, Sayreville, I believe, New Jersey. And they had one girl who walked out and stood by herself. And I, I looked at the pictures of it. She wasn't violent or anything, but what was she accomplishing? She said, I had to do something for mm-hmm. gun control. I had to do something. Well, what do you mean? You went out and stood in the middle of a parking lot? Yep. I mean, I'm not putting her down, but she didn't, she didn't look particularly smart in doing that. No. And I'm thinking, what are you accomplishing? What are you? And so, to me, the the ones that were peaceful accomplished nothing. And then, as you say, uh, the others who were violent, and I saw a lot of those violent videos. They that what they accomplished is not going to help them. So, no. Now, here's the here's the thing we have to be ready for. March 24th, they're going to try to link March 14th to March 24th right. and show a continuum. Right. That's what we're going to have to watch against because there will be a big march on the 24th because the Clooney's. Oprah Winfrey, yeah. uh, Spielberg, and others have yeah. given half a million dollars apiece right. to fund it. Half right. a million apiece. The gun control, you know, I, I think it's always funny, Jerry. You know, they're always like, we got to beat the gun lobby. Well, right. the gun lobby doesn't have the money. The gun control lobby has the money. That's correct. And they're spending it like crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, an awful lot of that money is going to be spent for uh, – for personal bodyguards to protect them while they're there. They'll have guns around them to protect them and, and while they're protesting the fact that some others could have guns around themselves to protect right, themselves. Right. So it, it's a uh, right. matter of fact, Mark uh, did a Mark uh, Walters put a, a uh, wrote an article for Breitbart.com uh, yesterday or day before, I believe the day before uh, on uh, the irony of it, of it all. And that was basically what he was talking about. All the, all these people that are so afraid of guns, what are they doing? They got guns all around them to protect them. But right. yet they don't want us to be able to do it ourselves. And if we can afford it, if we were in their, their income bracket, then it would be okay. But if you're not, you're not in that, that bracket. Well, so, and the argument could be made that, that they just don't want regular guns. Because like right. when, the, uh, when, the, when the celebrities get together, they have armored personnel carriers. They have machine guns. They oh, yeah. have bomb sniffing dogs. They oh, have, yeah. So they don't. They're they're just against me on in a clock. That's, That's correct. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. We uh, we had uh, had a little protest here on the the 14th as well. That, that came down to the Capitol and they were upset because they didn't get their permits proper and all that kind of stuff. Went into the Capitol and and Alan Powell, who you met at the convention, uh, one of the state representatives, uh, he basically had to be escorted out of uh, a hearing by the state patrol. They were acting so badly. So those people don't get anywhere. That's just the way it happens. We. Uh, got to come up on a break here. Uh, want to remind you go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join up. You can renew. You can see anything we've done. Uh, you can uh, follow me at gotyourback64 on Twitter. You can follow us at georgiacarry on Twitter. You can download the commercial free podcast there as well as here at newstalk1160.com. And we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. 
Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here with uh, a good friend out in Arizona, AWR Hawkins. Uh, we discussed a little bit about what uh, what's going on uh, with the use of the children in the political arena now. And uh, we're going to talk about a few other things that, that just just seem to be happening. One of the things that, that uh, I've been a little bit concerned about, I'm not sure about how you feel about it, uh, AWR, but I do know that uh, Donald Trump has made some statements that I don't really care for. That's the ones where he said, I'll just go ahead and confiscate the gun and we'll worry about due process later. Uh, I don't like that statement. No, I don't like it either. I think he walked it back, uh, but he made it, and that's problematic. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, you have Governor Rick Scott taking the same, uh, taking a similar position. He never worded, he never said those words, but he supports, uh, you know, the, what that boils down to, they both Trump and Governor Scott support, uh, these, this move toward confiscatory laws where, uh, a family member or friend could complain about you. Mm-hmm. And with that, you even being present. Right. An order can be issued, and uh, you'll know they're taking your guns when the police come through the door. Right. I have a problem with that. I do, too. I think everybody should. And uh, I don't just have a Second Amendment problem. I have a Fourth Amendment problem with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a big Fourth Amendment problem. That's correct. And, uh, you know, if I'm supposed to be secure in my papers, houses, uh, I mean, my person, houses, papers, and effects, it seems to me that that won't go well with confiscatory laws. It's either one or the other. So, uh, yeah, I have a problem with that. You know, this started in California. In of California, they did the gun violence restraining orders. I believe they passed them in 2015, instituted them in 2016. And uh, they've taken, uh, they've issued 190 orders for confiscation in California in 2016 and 2017 alone. Those mm-hmm. two that's too many, and yes. one would be too many, but 190, yep. ridiculous. Oh, and, I agree. Uh, so we don't need to adopt this as national policy. No, but not in any way, shape, or form. We, You know, as you well know, being a, a history major, uh, as you well know, this country was set up on due process, basically. That was one of the, the, uh, the founding bricks of, of this country was due process because you didn't have due process in England. It was the queen, the queen said you're guilty or the king said you're guilty and you were guilty. And then you had to figure out how to prove yourself innocent. And our founding fathers turned that around to where we're innocent, supposedly, until we're proven guilty. And, you know, you just can't take the word of somebody else that, hey, this guy's crazy or this guy's going to do something. Uh, it, it just doesn't work that way. It's not right. It's right. not, not, uh, according to our laws. You know, we're supposed to be a, a country of laws and we're, uh seems like in a lot of ways we're backing off of that uh, from at least the governor's government's trying to back off of that so that they can do what they want to when they want to do it. And it just right. uh, it's not good. I uh, I do know that that Trump uh, did back off the the 18 year old, 18 to 20 year old uh, purchasing firearm. And, right. you know, it's been said by some and matter of fact, our friend Mark Walter says that. Uh, that he thinks that it was uh, uh, just uh, his uh, Trump's uh, negotiating uh, process. You know, he's a he's a negotiator, and you say whatever you want to say to get them to come to wherever you want to be. And uh, I don't, in a way, I don't disagree with that because we had a we had a bill back in uh, 2015, I think it was that. Um, we wanted to get passed 
and we were offered uh, when it when it moved over to the second chamber, we were offered. You know, they said, well, "What else you want us to put in it?" You know, we can put anything you want to in it. And we said, "Wait a minute, you're being a little bit generous." And we realized what you're doing is you're you're trying to put enough poison pills in there to where you know the governor will veto it, but yet you can sit here and say, "Well, you know, we put it in there." And I'm not so sure that. Well, actually, when I saw. Uh, Trump make the statement about what are you afraid of the NRA and things of that nature. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw him make those statements. Was right. that that you know just go ahead and put a, whatever you want to in there and then I'll I'll veto it. But right. I I I don't when you don't know that's exactly what's happening. It's scary. Right, it is scary. I think it is scary. First, when you watch how he's doing it. But I wrote a piece after he had that meeting with Demo- with Democrats that aired live. I wrote a piece that. That there was a good chance he was rope doping them, right? The way I Ali used to rope dope. I read uh, that, you know, and and I think you saw him do that. He let them go into a wild flurry. They thought, just like you're saying, they thought. So you were smart enough to know. Here's what the legislature's doing, and mm-hmm. and you they were it, it was the good. The deal was too good to be true. Right. Democrats by nature aren't smart. They can't figure that out. So when when Trump starts offering them whatever they want, they just run right into the trap. Oh, and yeah. he looks at Feinstein and says, "Hey." Why don't you add your assault weapons yeah. brand to this? It'd be great. We'll consider it. Well, we, yeah. you and I are sitting there going, what? Yeah. But then we think about it. We're like, wait, this is a poison pill. And he's rope-a-doping her. And and so you see Senator Chris Murphy and all these other people who are lucky that they know how to tie their own shoes. And uh, they they throw all their guns to throw in. And Joe Manchin's got his big grin right. on. He's right. finally going to be able to screw the West Virginia people. Yep. And what happens? Trump's been setting him up yep. the whole time, and none of it passed. And nothing of it. So no, I think not. you're right. I think you're right. Trump says a lot of things. I think it just takes time to get used to Trump because he is. Most politicians try to guard what they say. They never right. want to say something that they have to take back. Trump right. doesn't care. If right. it gets the job done, he'll throw out anything, knowing that he's not going to settle on that. He's going to settle way back here. He's oh, never yeah. going to get to that. Yeah. And, and I think I, it just. It's still hard to get to get to know him well enough to not get nervous. So I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. He's he is uh, he's not a politician, and obviously um, he may run for one more political office, and that'll be it. He, you know, how much higher can he go yeah. than president of the United States? And I doubt he wants to drop back to being a senator in New York or somewhere. But uh, at any rate, it's it's I, I didn't particularly care for the talk, and and as you say, you didn't either. Um, but I have heard other people. Um, Say that uh, you know he was, uh, it was his negotiating tactics that he was uh, he was offering him a steak dinner and he's going to give him an hors d'oeuvre and that's it. And right. uh, so far that's that's kind of what it looks like, but uh, it's still it's still a little bit scary. Um, our friends down in Florida seem to have taken a left turn. Yep. They uh, yeah they have. They just passed a bill and it did not take uh, Governor Scott long to. To sign that bill into law as well, uh, right? And that that for those of you who don't know, uh, and I'm not as familiar with the law as I should be, but I do know they instituted a, uh, I do know they instituted a three day waiting period to purchase, uh, to purchase a, a rifle or a firearm, any firearm, if you don't have a license. Now my understanding is, if you have a license, you can go ahead and purchase at at that time, like you can anywhere else. That was what now, I, I read know. out of it. 
I don't know that, but that would make sense. But my whole thing with the waiting period, the waiting period, what that is, is a killing period. You know, they say it's yep. a cooling off period. Yep. It's not a cooling off period if you're no. a single mom. Three kids at home, their only protection is going to be that Mossberg shotgun you're buying. Right. And the state tells you you got to wait three business days to pick right. it up. That means the stalker has three days to slaughter you. That's correct. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is a, it's just a show of weakness uh, that I never expected from Scott. Not that I thought he was Ronald Reagan, but uh, I thought he was at least really pro-gun. But he's, he's signed now confiscatory orders, the, the waiting period, raising the age to buy a rifle from 18 to 21. And, uh, you know, and here's what kills me. They, they put in the uh, the exemptions for people who are in the military and mm-hmm. eighteen year olds and this status and that. Right. Once you once you have to start adding exemptions, it tells me you you're in a CYA mode. Now. Right. You already know. Right. You already know that this is not right, and you're trying to you're trying to appeal to just enough people to keep uh, to keep the uh, rabble from making too much noise, and it it drives me nuts. So I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I know there's been a lot of rumors that Scott's going to run for Senate against uh, Senator Bill Nelson, but I've said before, the thing about Bill Nelson, at least I know he's worthless. Mm-hmm. At least I know he right. wants my guns. Right. Scott tells me he doesn't want my guns, then he comes after him. So I'm not yeah. sure I'm not sure which of those two is worse. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. And, and not only that, he would be in a, uh, you'd be in a safer place having him as a senator than you would having him as a governor if you live in Florida. Because right. you you know what he'll sign into law, and if he's a if he's a senator, then uh, he can't sign anything into law. He can only vote for or against it. And uh, right. uh, you know, I think, however, uh, I'm beginning to think that our saving grace uh, in the national uh, arena is the same as it here is in Georgia, and that is uh, the House is going to be what saves us because uh, we're not going to be able to get anything hardly from the from the Senate. Right. Um, Right. We'll uh, we'll come back and talk about that in a few minutes. Time to take another break. Um, do want to get into uh, some of the bills that are in the in the uh, in Washington D.C. and see what we can come up with those. Talk about those on. But in the meantime, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can sign up. You can renew. You can find out anything we've ever done. You can download the podcast of this program here. You can follow us at Georgia Carry. I'm at Got Your Back sixty four. And you can download the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org. Radio Hour. I'm here once again with a good friend, A.W.R. Hawkins, out in, uh, you're out in Scottsdale, aren't you? Roundabout. I'm in San Diego this week. Oh. I'm speaking at a uh, gun laws convention. Oh, that, that's so, right. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. But, so but you live in, about that. you live in Scottsdale. Live, live in Scottsdale area. Okay, yes, yeah. Sir. But, but you're smart enough to go to, uh, to Texas Tech and uh, West Texas, uh, wait a minute, what is it now? It used to be your, yeah, West Texas A and M. Okay, used to be, uh, I think that was West Texas State at one time. They changed a, a lot of the numbers. At any rate, right. uh, you're smart enough to go down there to get a proper education. At any rate, you might not have want to hang around, <laughs> but you know, you people from Texas are definitely smarter. If you don't believe me, ask me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my granddaddy always said, you never ask a man where he's from because if he's from Texas, he'll tell you. Otherwise, there's no need in embarrassing him. 
So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got. Uh, what are your feelings on the fix next bill? We got. We get all those kinds of things. I'm getting some of those uh, people. You know, it's going to kill us, and some of us, it's not worth it. It's, it's not a problem. So, what what is your feeling on a next? Well, I'm, I'm not a fan, but I'm not. Of all the things we've discussed, fixed nicks is kind of borders on the non-essential to me. It, it could, it, it, by that, I mean this. I don't think it's necessary because I believe what fixed nicks does is it fixes something that doesn't need fixing. Right. We've, we've got a problem with uh, the, the Texas church shooter. He wasn't reported. He committed a crime, should have right. been reported, and he would have never been able to purchase a gun. Well. Right. What should happen in response to that, instead of a new bill, we should punish, and I mean punish, right. the person who failed to report that. Well, I agree. And uh, those should be prison sentence, whatever, uh, heavy punishment. And right. the same kind of issue uh, in any situation like that. I don't see why we need a new bill. There's already a requirement to report. You fail to report. Right. To me, it would be like saying, well, there's a speed limit. I failed to keep the speed limit, so we're going to pass a new law on keeping the speed limit. Right. Well, we've already got one law. Right. So I have a problem there with the redundancy. I feel like that always ends up robbing freedom in some way. That's my thing. If Trump supports this little bill, it's not a make or break for me. To me, this is far different. Now, if Trump supported something like, and I'm not putting words in his mouth, he doesn't, he's been vocal, he does not support this. But if he were to say he supported universal background checks, that'd be a deal breaker. Yes. But yeah. something like Fix Nicks, I'm like, you know what? I don't see a need for it. I'm not so sure it's going to be beneficial but well, i'm not i'm not going to make a picket sign and you're not going to see me right. on cnn tomorrow right you know? well that that's basically been our position is is there's nothing new in this law it's right. the, the, everything is there everything there is supposed to be reported the only thing that they're doing is they're supposedly giving the revenue to, to the uh different agencies to make sure that they get it done so that they can hire the people to get it done and not get backlogs and all those kind of things but then people go off on the deep end well they're going to these guys are going to be prohibited. Well, most of those guys that are going to be prohibited are already prohibited. They just haven't been reported. So uh, I don't see where it's a big deal. Uh, it is to a lot of people, and a lot of it's because of the way they explained it. Uh, it was explained to them. The people who are against it, did the, they did a pretty good job of, of uh, trying to rip it apart. But I, like I said, I'm like you. I don't see any any need for it, but... What's it going to do? It's really not going to do anything that it cannot already be done to you. So right. I can I can live right. with that one. Right. Uh, so uh, and I also uh, during that same talk we were talking about in the in we'll call, we'll call it Trump's rope dope speech. Uh, he said that um, he told uh, one of the guys I forgot the senator's name. Or representative's name told him not to put national reciprocity bill on there because he would not. Right. It wouldn't go anywhere. So, do you take that as him not wanting national reciprocity anymore, or him? You know, I'll tell you how I take that. I take that as him not wanting national reciprocity to get damned with that body of gun control he was trying to poison. Right. That's how I take it. He was talking to Rep. Steve Scalise and uh, right. Scalise, Scalise pushed national reciprocity and. uh Trump Trump said, look, there's a time for that. This isn't yet. This will never pass. I really believe that it'd be like if, you remember when we were kids, and they'd say they pick captains and captains pick teams. And remember, you never wanted to be that last guy that got picked. Right. I always was, but that's all right. Uh, anyway, uh, 
It, it didn't leave a sore spot. I don't even remember. Anyway, <laughs> you're, you're going through, as you're going through that, there's always that one team they're trying to get everybody on because everybody's going to beat that team to death. Right. And, uh, right. and I believe that's what Trump was trying to do last night. He's trying, I mean, not last night, right. but with that talk. He's trying to be sure that nothing he valued got put into that gun control that, package yeah. because every bill that was in that package has been defeated. Yeah. And I believe that that's what his goal was. So I believe it was actually a pro-national reciprocity move. And as you and I said maybe a segment or two segments ago, that's another one of those things. We just have to watch Trump. Right. Over the years, we're going to have to figure out how he works. But this is how he works. Yeah. And I believe he was actually defending it with that. I, that's, a, that's what I took away from it was he said uh, – you know, when I sit back and listen to everything, I still have trouble with the, you know, the, the due process thing. But when we sit back and look at everything, he, um, he, in my opinion, was saying just what you were saying. Look, this stuff's not going to pass. Do not put that bill in there and make me veto it. Right. Because I don't want to veto it. And so right. leave it be when it comes up. And if it gets to me, we're okay. But. Don't throw the trash in there with that. Don't throw that one in with the trash. Basically, is right. kind of way I took it as well. And and you know we're we're always speculating, and because that's all we can do. But I I believe that speculation is fairly fairly safe in that point uh, that he didn't want to do that. So while we're talking about national reciprocity, though, what do you think the chances are? Well, I mean, I've seen. I've seen a problem with national reciprocity for over a year uh, with the name Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Right. And uh, to me, that's our only hindrance uh, because McConnell has proven that when he wants to do something, he can rally the vote. Right. He can do it. Right. And, uh, and you're, in a, you're in an election year. The Republicans want to beat the Democrats. One of the best ways to beat them is to be pro-gun. And that's just historical fact. That's not my opinion. Anybody who doubts me, just go look at history. And yeah. so this is a win. This is a win. You want to get reelected, come together as a Senate, pass national reciprocity. So that's one reason I believe we can get it. Another reason is Trump supports it. And uh, I just believe uh, I believe it just comes down to motivating McConnell to do something. And uh, I'm, I'm not a big McConnell fan. Now, Never I'm have not, been. I'm not going to join the pickets against him either in March, but I, I'm not a big fan. So we'll have to see what he does. I don't have a lot of faith in him. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Well, you're like me. You don't join the pickets anyway. We we, we work uh, with the people that can, can uh, make things happen, and we don't go out and, and show our butts in, in, in public to – to make a statement right. out there we we work basically not necessarily behind the scenes but we work within the process that's set up for us to get changes made and uh and the process is i mean yeah it, it's it's great to be able to to go out and and uh, uh protest or rally or whatever you want to call it i have no problem with that that's uh, as far as i'm concerned that's part of the first amendment rights you have every right to do that we just don't do it while we're supporting the second amendment rights uh, right. And uh, it's uh, the other thing is, if you get out with a big rally like that, uh, and you have people like the students out in California that start going wild all of a sudden, that gives the whole movement a bad name. And, and I'm just not willing to, to take that kind of chance. Um, what else was going on in the national uh, uh, political arena that we can think of, or that you well, can nationally- think of? 
nationally, I mean, if you're if you're thinking by national, just anywhere in the country, you know, you just had stand your ground passed and it will be instituted in Wyoming. That's mm-hmm. a great win. Right. You have you have moves toward Army teachers in Kentucky. Right. Moves toward Army teachers in various states right. across the union. This is great. Teachers, uh, I, I, I agree with the way Trump said it was perfect. We shouldn't force teachers to be armed. Right. But those teachers that want to be armed, sure, ought to have the chance. And, well, you know, that, uh, that's, that's how it needs to be. That's exactly how we passed the law here in Georgia in 2014, was that the school district could, could arm them if they wanted to. And uh, they were, um, it was voluntary. Nobody knew who it was. They had to carry it concealed. They had to keep it on their body. And um, so it wasn't it wasn't a known thing. Nobody knew who the, who would know who they would be. And the schools would right. say, uh, this is the kind of training you have to have. Right. So uh, that and that's the way it ought to be. I agree with that. If, if a teacher doesn't want to carry, they shouldn't have to carry. I, I feel the same way about any rights. That, and I tell people right. all the time, I'm I'm not fighting to make you carry a firearm. I am fighting for your right to decide whether you want to or not. That's up that's to it. you. I'm fighting for that right. I don't want anybody to tell you that you can or can't. Uh, we have uh, come to the end of another segment. Man, this thing's going by fast. Always is when I'm having fun. Once you go to georgiacarry.org, you can uh, join. It's $20 a year. It's the uh, best $20 you're going to spend on your Second Amendment rights. You can download the podcast there and here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here once again with uh, AWR Hawkins, and we've been talking about uh, a little bit of everything, a little national news, etc. One of the things that we've noticed a little bit lately here uh, in Georgia Carry, our... uh, our membership numbers are increasing again, which is good because we we have said numerous of times, I think even when you were on here last year uh, during the NRA convention, uh, we talked about how it appeared that there was this Trump lull and that people just kind of went, ha, oh, we're safe. We don't have to worry about this anymore. And an awful lot of, of organizations lost membership at that time. People did not renew, and I know that's the truth. That's the way it is here in in nearly all the organizations. Even the hunting organizations are not at the same strength they were when Obama was in there because they feel safe, you know. And we said all along, now's not the time to slack off. We need to keep going as hard as we can because when when the demographics change, and they do no matter what, then we will find ourselves in a minority again and not the majority and it will not take that that the ones that are in the majority right the minority right now it won't take them long to undo what we've spent the last 10 years doing and we have to be prepared to fight that when that time comes as well as uh do what we can do now to to make it further and give them more work to do to to unload it so uh i understand you were we were talking during the break that other organizations have uh, seen some good growth Right. Yeah, the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, and I love that group. Uh, yep. they've, they've had, what I think is important is there's an age for this among young members. Mm-hmm. And that would mean that 18 to 22, 18 to 25 year old group, they've seen a, 
not a 1%, 2%, or 12% jump since the Florida shooting, but a 1,200% jump. Mm. In That's great. And, uh, and so I love that. Now, see, that goes back to, I think you mentioned it in the very first segment, that goes back to what the establishment media isn't covering. Right. CNN will never talk about what we just mentioned, but all of when they show all these hippies and freaks out in California doing their thing and supporting gun control, mm-hmm. uh, what it does is it drives average working Americans to these gun groups, right. including Georgia Carey. Right. But it drives them to these gun groups to defend their Second Amendment right. right. And, uh, well, I noticed that. So the, that's a great thing. Yeah, and, and uh, the weekend after the shooting in um, Florida, I, I saw a picture of uh, – a gun show down there and they were lined up around the corner waiting to get into the gun show just like they used to be when uh barack obama would come out and say well we got to get rid of these and got to get rid of that uh it was back to the old days as far as people um going to gun shows and and buying more guns whatever you know best way to get something sold is to tell somebody that i'm going to take it away from you i'm going to make it illegal for you to have that well i'm going to go get one that's how i got it that's how i got ar-15 I got one after Sandy Hook because I never really cared for AR-15 because I'm an old dude that thinks that a rifle should be beautiful. It should have nice walnut stock. It should have a nice blue barrel. You should be able to hang it up over the fireplace and people look at it and go, wow. And this AR-15, to me, always looked like a Mattel toy. It's not. I know it's not. It's a very versatile gun. I like it, but I'm still the old-fashioned type that I I want a just a regular-looking rifle. Uh, right. But I bought it because after Sandy Hook, it appeared that there might be some movement to, uh, to ban them. So I said, well, i got to get one. Right. And, and that's what You're I exactly did. Right. And if, if, I was gonna, if they were going to ban 1911s, I'd go buy me another new 1911 right now because that's the way I feel about it. And that's the way most people feel about it. The best way to, to create a market for something is to make it unavailable, right. prohibit it. Well, you know, you t- the thing I'm thinking about, it dovetails with what you're saying, is this is, the, this is to me, the thing that's been so important that has come, like, there, you know, that shooting was a terrible incident, don't get me wrong, but sure. the, the corrective measure that, that has been spoken since then that is the one that is needed is arming teachers. Trump's been right. a champion of that. He has. You got to you got to stand up and applaud Trump for what That's he's correct. done here. And here's where we're in a situation that the Democrats they push gun control in response to these shootings. What people have to understand is it's gun control that allowed the shooting because it's gun control that bars those teachers from being armed for self defense. That's correct. Where in the Constitution does it say the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed unless they're on a K through 12 campus. Right. I haven't seen that. I haven't either. And so these people are sitting ducks. And then one criminal, this little thug kid, 19 year old punk, does what he does. And so whatever weapon he used, they want to ban it for That's everybody. Correct. See, that's, that's just, no, we got to back up. The left always, whether the left is talking about evolution or whether they're talking about climate change or whether they're talking about gun control, the left never wants to get to foundational first causes they never want to do that no. because mm-hmm. that always undercuts them no and if you get out of the first cause on these shootings the thing that makes these shootings possible is not the fact that we have guns the thing that makes it possible is that we have people who are in defenseless positions that's correct and that's what we have to change yes i agree with that 100 percent um the um 
I, I, I've now I've forgotten my train of thought. You got me along with yours. Now <laughs> you're going to have to carry the program well, for, for a second. Oh, <laughs> wait, <me back> up. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, I agree with you. And I, uh, well, one of the things that I was going to say and tell people, I, I put it out in an update yesterday that, that, uh, this is one of the things that I see when, uh, when reporters ask me a question and they interview me, they always come to one, one question now. There's always that one question, always has been, it just keeps changing the question. But the question now is, isn't there some common ground where we can agree on this? And my answer is yes, there is. It's called the U.S. Constitution. That's it. No other place. That's it. If you don't want to go there, don't go there. I was interviewed right. by, by a lady this past week and, uh, when she said that, I, I told her that. And then I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you're, the, you're a reporter. I said, I'm a guy that I don't like the First Amendment. So what part of the First Amendment would you be willing to give up so we can come to a common ground? And a light bulb went on in her head, and she said, I see exactly what you're saying now. I said, good. Right. Tell everybody else that. You know, right. Don't just sit here and let yeah. it slide. Tell everybody else that. And... Uh, but that that is something that we're hearing now. You know, we 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 can go back and we can go from gun control to gun safety. You know, it just keeps rolling on down the road, and right. that that's where we are right now. In my opinion, is where's the common ground, and right. it's written in stone, as far as I'm concerned. I know it's parchment paper, but as far as I'm concerned, it's stone. Right. Um, I agree with you, and. Uh, and you're right. We've had a lot of states that have done a lot of knee-jerk action. Pace, uh, you know, it, and it, it is. You mentioned something earlier that that hit home with me for several reasons, and one of them is that hey, something bad happened, so we got to do something. We're we're the legislators. We've got to do something. There's nothing that they can do to stop it, except no. arm more people or allow more people right. to be armed if they want to. Right. And, uh, and see, people people who don't understand it will say, "Well, they could do." Oh yeah, they could do an all-out gun ban, and it'll stop it. Two yeah. things: number one, you can't do an all-out gun ban because of something called the Constitution. Right, and even bigger than I must say it, even bigger than the Constitution, the natural right the Constitution protects. That's correct. Because the Constitution doesn't create that right; it protects a pre-existing right. So, those are two reasons you can't do a ban. Number three, even if a ban were possible, when you do a ban. The only people that are going to turn over guns are people that were never going to misuse them anyway. That's correct. And then the criminals know they can prey on everyone That's who correct. is dumb enough to turn in their guns. So exactly right. People, don't, people compare us to France. In France, they got strict gun control. Look oh, how yeah. it worked out. It didn't work out that good, number one. But number two, France isn't as big as Texas. That's correct. So you're not talking. People don't, people don't see the world through realistic vision. They don't understand the amount of guns, the population, America has always been a country with individuals who are free. And part of being free was being armed. And when you talk about taking up guns, you're talking about something that would take decades to accomplish. Oh, yeah. Even if it could be accomplished. I, it couldn't be. I don't even think it, it could, could be. be accomplished. Yeah, I don't think it could be accomplished. It, it, it's just impossible. There's, there's, well, for one thing, where are you going to stack them? <laughs> if you got them all, I mean, that's a pile of guns out there when you get right down right. to it. So, uh, that's like my dad used to say. My dad said it's a small world, but I'd hate to have to paint it. That's right. Kind of the same thought process. <laughs> you, pretty much so. I agree with you. 
Uh, we're coming down here towards uh, we got about 45 seconds here uh, and I want to take time uh, once again to, to thank uh, UAWR for being on the program with me I enjoy uh, being on yours and I enjoyed uh, writing an article every once in a while for you I just uh, enjoy your friendship and I appreciate you being on the program with us uh, thank you Jerry always great to be with you and look forward to seeing you at this year's uh, Georgia Carey Convention and, uh, and having some fun so uh that's it, man. We keep okay. fighting. Fight the same fight. You bet. We'll see you. want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, uh, our website. You can uh, download the podcast. You can join. 20 bucks a year. You can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. You can download the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be here next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.